Curtis, your chance to be a voice here on SENZ and uh, Iceman sitting on a beach somewhere in the Gold Coast. Uh, we're very jealous of you from uh, from the outset, Iceman. Good, good morning to you, but uh, you're uh, in the country, of course, where that rant came from about uh, one of your countrymen. How did you how did you feel it went down over there? Yeah, g'day, Smithy. It's beautiful here on the coast today. We're going to get 33 degrees, so it's as hot as... Um, Definitely, um, definitely a Kiwi living in Australia. So I always mm. put that out, and mm. All Blacks always first. So, um, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Like we're reveling in the fact that you know Drew Mitchell has, has you know, called out Eddie Jones in a way that he has. But we've experienced probably two, three years with the All Blacks, and I can honestly say there wouldn't have been one pundit from the media in New Zealand that has gone with more or less that vitriol. Um, and put it on Foster and his co. Even when they're at the height of being at the worst that we've ever been, you know, two years ago, even last year, there seemed to be a lot of people within the media, within ex All Blacks, who are now in the media, mm. who just don't seem to cross that line where they would call Fozzie out on his decisions, um, on how he came to make those decisions, what his game plan is, what his game plan was. And here we are still at the World Cup and we still haven't got a settled back three. You know, every time that we, we play a different back three, the the average all-back fan can see that Will Jordan has to play 15. We need Leicester find Nuku on the, on the left wing. You know, and we see what the destruction that he causes for the Crusaders. You know, with his pick and goes from the base of the ruck, you know, coming off um, Moana at 10 and that sort of thing. But... We played lightweight wingers in Talia and Jordan who never give us that punch in the middle. But no one's ever called him out, you know. And um, old mate from Dunedin who rings up all the time, you know, he's been at it that Leicester has to play on that left wing and Talia on the right. And he's been calling it for months and we've all seen it. But no one has ever raised it. So for Drew Mitchell, fantastic, good on him because Eddie has to be accountable. They've gone back to the old establishment here in Australia. I'm heavily involved with, um, you know, club football, junior football, Colts football, and that sort of thing. And unless you go to a private school over here, you never, ever get a look in. And unfortunately, it's gone back to be even worse with now McLennan, Kearns, um, Joe Roth, uh, Phil War, all of those blokes that have come in, what are they? They're all old school, they're all private school. And rugby and is just going to die death over here because... Eddie Jones is just so arrogant. He's just got the media offside with him and he's been called out for it. So um, good on Drew Mitchell, but geez, I would really have loved someone to have done it to this All Black group, you know, six, 12 months ago. And not, yeah. not probably not in the way that he's done it, but, um, you know, just ask those questions because not once have we heard why he's picked them. I think you make a very good point. I mean, and I think if you took the swearing aspect out of it, which he later apologised yeah. for, and it's it's, yeah. it's not on. He was that's asking. Passion, isn't it? It's that's passion, and that's a sign of a bloke who's played in that jersey at better times and cares about protecting the legacy of the Wallaby jersey and uh, and the importance of a World Cup. That's what a, 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 he's getting at here. Has he treated a World Cup with disdain? Oh, look, ab- absolutely, and uh, and that's been the big call over here. You know, the fact that um, you know you can say you can hang his hat on the fact that he's going for twenty five and you know the Lions tour and twenty seven the uh, World Cup. But if they get bundled out in the in the, um, you know in the group stages, then they're just going to lose more and more fans over here. And 
like league is, is 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 big over here, but AFL just kills it over here. What a great spectacle! You know, it's just fantastic mm. game to watch, and you know, you know, you get fifty thousand to a hundred thousand people at the MCG. It's just a brilliant, brilliant watch, and more and more people are going there. And you know, so you've got the Eddie Jones factor, you've got the rules factor, you've got the rules interpretation factor, you've got the refs, um, the TMO intervention, the whole lot, and it's just absolutely rooted the game that we all love. It, it just mm. really has, you know. It has, and I know you're yeah. not a fan, I know you're not a fan of T20. You want to go back to Test Cricket. But, I'm, or, you know, you, you want t- Test Cricket to be the pinnacle. I love a great game of Test Cricket. I never watch a game of T20 unless the, you know, unless the Kiwis are playing and it's, a, it's getting to the pointy end of a serious comp. But it's just, you know, it's just not cricket, is it? You know, in, in, in the terms that you love the game, and I think it's the same for rugby now. Rugby's just not rugby as to what it was 20, 30 years ago. We can we can still implement the care factor around head contact and that sort of thing, but there's a way of doing it, and unfortunately, rugby's rooted. I think the problem with rugby is we've lost what it used to be, and that was the contest for the ball. I mean, you know, as soon as the ball goes into a contest area, the arm goes out one way or the other, and the contest is over before it even begins. So I think that's a massive thing. And you've got these big blokes who enjoy a contest. They train, they practice, they whatever. They're brought up on a contest for the ball, and that is disappearing on a daily basis. Before we let you go, Iceman, and we thank you so much for your call, any chance you'll make the what the hour-long trip up to Suncorp this weekend? Mate, those tickets were gone within about 30 seconds. <laughs> they were, they're saying, don't worry about it being a Broncos game, get stuff. That, that, that will have three quarters of Kiwis in there. And um, it, it'll be like a home game for the um, for the um, Waratah, uh, for the Waz. The boys have just absolutely smashed it, you know, and... They're, they're an affordable bunch of group of guys that always make themselves available. And, you know, I, I just, I'm a rugby union man through and through, and I couldn't give a rat's about the, the Warriors over the last few years. But unfortunately, I have to put my hand up and say, I've jumped on the bandwagon a bit, and um, I wish the boys really, really great luck. I, I honestly think that if they can stick with the Broncos within 30 minutes, if they're still in at half time, I reckon they could finish over the top of them, you know. And I, I, I think the Broncos are turning up pretty arrogant. I think they've got their focus on playing Penrith in the final a week later, and they're coming off a bye, and they don't do that mm. well off a bye. The, the Broncos, so you know, to all the Wars fans over at home, guys, just keep putting it on. Take all that money off poorly, you know, it'll be great. <laughs> Good on you, man. Absolutely brilliant. I love the fact that you've called and uh, some great content there to uh, enjoy the day over there on the Gold Coast. Brian, who would you like to go to next? Graham, let's get to Graham uh, from the Wairarapa. Graham, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. How are you, mate? Yep, not too bad. Um, What are you thinking of the coaching issue? What about the Eddie Jones, Ian Foster type uh, comparison? um, Mate, I'm big on it. And I think um, when you come down to um, blaming coaches or players, whatever, it starts with a coach, um, and the coach playing players out of position. I just, it just does my head in. Um, I know that um, if Razor was in there now, Jordan, uh, Will Jordan would be playing fullback, and Grace probably would have gone to France, and he'd be playing number eight, because he is a number eight. Um, we've got Jacobson there, and what, did he, um, what do we do? We played him on blindside the first game. 
it's just like the train played it in a position I think is the big problem. And that's where the weaknesses are. And when that, when that's happening, it's all on the coach. If the coaches pick players in their position and they fail, then it's just as much on the players. I agree. I, 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 I think you've got to give your players the best advantage. Uh, I, I think you make a great point, Graham, and that is uh, what Dean has been talking about. It's what the, the Iceman just talked about as well. Is you know, yeah. it, it might be a settled back three in Ian Foster's mind and Joe Smith's mind, whatever. Maybe it is a settled back three. But to us looking on, it does not appear to be. And, you know, here we are heading into a crucial game and about, uh, well, Italy might be crucial, but uh, after that, uh, we're looking at, at uh, a very crucial game. And, uh, I mean, uh, we could all name it. Uh, I reckon if, we, if, we, if I put it out there and we had a, um, a, a contest for our, our back three, um, we'd pretty much get the back three that people are talking about, and that is Talia. Uh, on one wing, Fyanganuku on the other, and Jordan at fullback. I, I think, Graham, you're spot on there. And the responsibility to playing people in their positions, um, I think, and giving them the best advantage because that's what they're used to. That's on the head coach, there's no doubt about it. Brian, what would you like? To, we go to go to a break, shall we? Um, or yes, we'll go to a break and come back with uh, Ross and hopefully Dean as well uh, very shortly. Let's get back to uh, the call board and uh, let's speak to uh, Ross. Uh, Ross, of course, um, has uh, got a pretty big interest uh, in the Springboks and this uh, big clash this weekend. Ross, uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about it? Thanks, Smithy. Yeah, man, really, really big clash coming this weekend. Yeah, really, really nervous and excited at the same time. Um, I suppose also there's a lot of, lot of talk about the 7-1 split and I see the Irish aren't real happy on, on social media saying it's morally wrong and stuff like that. Um, it's caused a bit of ruckus up there. But, I mean, the thing is, if it's within the laws of the game, I mean, we, we did the 6-2 split last, last World Cup, caused an uproar, 7-1 split. I mean, if it's, if it's within the confines of the game, it's within the confines of the game. But it shouldn't take away from the battle that we're going to get, you know, in this game itself. There'll be battles across the park. There will be, Ross. I mean, it's not like it's a secret or it's a, it's a brand new move. I mean, they did 7-1 against the All Blacks and it worked pretty damn well. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, Smith, what, what a lot of people don't realise, yeah, it, it's high risk and it's high reward as well. But I mean, if we lose if we lose a backline player in the first 15 minutes, it obviously doesn't look like a smart decision. But that's the, that's the type of, of things that you need, you know, that Rossi and, and Jacques Nienamba bring to the team. You know, the amount of outside-of-the-box thinking that they bring. You know, they brought out the light signals and that caused a roar. I mean, it's every, every sort of thing they try and, try and bring into the game, which is good for the game because, you know, mm. otherwise it's just the same things over and over again. You know, so that's real good. It adds to the contest. It adds to the World Cup. You know, it's something to talk about around the water cooler. So it should be, it should be a really, really big battle up, um, up front this game, definitely, 100%. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I really am. How big of an influence do you think Rossi Erasmus is over Jacques Nienaber? No, I think uh, the thing is, you, you, must, you, you must know that obviously they go back quite a long, long way. And, and obviously Rossi is probably one of the most pe- uh, people that he confides in, that he trusts, you know, that can actually turn to Russ and say, you know, this might not be a good idea, Rossi. Let's not go. They work really well together as a team from their time in South Africa when they worked at the Cheetahs and Rossi brought him there. And from that point on, they've gone everywhere together. They've gone, they've gone to Munster. He's brought him back when they came into the Springboks. They really, they really work together as a, as a pairing. And obviously, it's a, it's a big loss. And that's why a lot of conversations were that Rossi would be going to Ireland after the World Cup because they normally mm. generally follow each other. 
But, I mean, in, in, in two of them, I think, you know, we've got guys that really hone in and they understand, you know, the South African way of playing rugby. They understand, you know, what our strengths are and to play to those strengths. And, I mean, you, you're coming up against an island team that's, what, got 23 wins in their last 25 games and we've got 10 from the last 11. You know, contrast in styles, attitude, you know, approach, everything. So, it's, it's, mm. it's, I don't even think Volcanic comes close what we're going to have this weekend and it'll I personally believe it will be an eye into a World Cup final you know they will it's kind of like a bikini this weekend they will show certain things but they're not going to expose everything you know they will <laughs> expose certain aspects of their game but I think they'll hold a, they'll hold a bit more back in the event that they meet later but I mean if you look at the clashes across that, that field come Saturday I mean come sorry Sunday morning yeah. the clashes that you have at, at the halfback pairings in the forward packs and I mean obviously it, it's taken away a bit by the injuries that obviously we have and losing marks is a real real big in, big loss and not replacing him with the hooker you know and, and patching over it and bringing Pollard in I mean but that's just the confidence that they have in the players in this group I think that's the big thing that the South Africans have I suppose is this group's been together a long time they've built their depth they they play for one another. They play for the country. It's more than just it's more than just the game. It's more than just saying you know we want to win. There's so much more outside of this team that they're trying to do and they're trying to achieve, in that sense. And that's why I think that togetherness, you know, every time they met with a hurdle and they met with a battle and they met with some something that should, you know, knock them down. You know, they use it to their advantage. And I think that sort of continuity and that belief and that togetherness will stand them in good stead. You know, and that's why I think for a while now we don't need to say, oh, well, we've lost marks. You know, previously, if we lost players, we'd be really kicking ourselves and saying, man, you can't replace a guy like that. But that's where their forward planning came, in building that depth and also in having certain players cover both, you know, cover certain positions. They've got Quaker Smith, for example, who's going to cover wing. You know, he's, he's, he's essentially going to cover that back line as well from his seven stage. So they've thought of all these scenarios in their heads and, and how they can make it work. So the planning between, that's the biggest thing between Jacques and Rossi, they're planning the forward thinking that they have really holds South African rugby in good stead because of that. Sounds great. Uh, Ross, uh, I, I know you'll be glued uh, s- Sunday morning at uh, 8 o'clock. We all will too because we've got a vested interest in this game too. Uh, thanks so much for your call uh, and I hope it goes well for the box. And I, I think it, it's going to be a titanic clash. Number one and two in the world actually, folks. It's the first time ever one and two have played each other in the history of the World Cup in pool play.